Mexico City was built on the ruins of Tenochtitlan, the capital city of which lost civilization. Welcome to Trivial Context, the weekly podcast where we answer the most popular trivia questions and learn a little more along the way. I'm Sean Riley. And I'm Brooke Fouts Riley. <laughs> I think the answer is the Mayan civilization. I should definitely know this. Oh no, they're in Central America. I want to say Aztec. Okay. The correct answer is the Aztec Empire. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. So we each researched today's topic based on one of the six trivia categories randomly chosen last week. Uh, so that means this week we're going to talk about geography. Yep. How do you feel about that, Sean? Pretty excited. You got the answer right, so you go first. I'll go first. All right. I'm actually so excited to <laughs> learn what your topic is because... For those playing at home, <laughs> I talked about how my topic is a country in Europe, and Brooke goes, oh no, I think we have the same topic, <laughs> which is funny. We looked it up. There's 44 different countries, so we'll see. Yeah. I really hope it's not one of two countries, because one I'm doing right now, and then the other one I'm doing next time we do geography. I even uh, already bought a book for it. Okay. Yes. Which empire at in 1922, was in control of a fourth of the world's landmass. Okay. I believe it is Britain. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to tell you if it's the same or not? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, good. <laughs> so, a few weeks ago, we bought the game Trivial Pursuit, and we played it with your parents. And one of the questions, I tried to find this exact question, but I couldn't. And it had something to do with which country was not a part of something or whatever I didn't know the answer and I was like I feel like I should basically like what makes up like Great Britain Great Britain the United Kingdom England you know all yeah. that it's it was like which of these is not part of the United Kingdom uh-huh okay and we chose Northern Ireland but it is a part of the United Kingdom it's not part of Great Britain. It was some... Yeah. yeah. I obviously do not remember the exact wording either, but it was confusing. Yes, and I'll tell you what. I've researched this, and I'm still kind of confused. <laughs> <laughs> and I apologize. Like, we're not... We're American. The most I feel we know about British history, culture, whatever... Doctor Who. Either comes from the American Revolution... Yeah. Where we won... <laughs> Where they're just like the bad guys portrayed as. Yeah, right, because we're Americans who want freedom that we gained from England. Yeah. Or in pop culture, like Meghan Markle, or portrayed in like The Crown. That's kind <laughs> of my exposure to, to British history. And let me tell you, it's complicated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, like yeah. so complicated. And European this history, is, period. This is the so most watered down version that I can do. I mean, we could sit here for the next 10 years talking about <laughs> yeah. British history or like geography and like all of the changes and stuff. Yeah. I will say going into geography, I think we both kind of played it the very similar way where it's kind of, we choose a location and then give a history report on that location. Yeah. Just because like, what do you do? You name like monuments, you name cities, like that's not interesting. Well, mine, the geography changes because of wars and fightings yeah. and rulers and stuff so 
it like kind of intertwines a little bit. Yeah, it, and same with mine. Yeah. But I yeah, I think that's the way I'm gonna always kind of come towards the geography category, just because. It, it's hard. The alternative is so boring. Also, when you play trivia, I feel like geography questions are never actually geography. Yeah, questions. that's true. <laughs> anyway, let's begin. The UK stands for the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Oh. Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great to know. Yes. Um, There's a lot in that K, turns out. Yes. <laughs> and the UK is a sovereign state that consists of four countries, which are England, Scotland, Wales, Wales Northern Ireland, and Northern Ireland. Good. Yes. Makes sense so far. You're nailing it. Oh, I, so I think the answer is Ireland is different than Northern Ireland. And for people who are from the UK, they're going to laugh at us. Oh, right yeah. Absolutely. We, yeah, we have a few listeners from the UK, so I imagine they're, they're might just skip this. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. But yeah, it is fine. To be fair, like if someone from the UK did a report about the US, there's a lot they could include and not include. and Absolutely. And our, <clears throat> in quotations, history is shorter than theirs. And by history, I just mean like, written down we've all we all have indigenous peoples right that make our history long but yeah i think i'll talk a little bit about that in my report just like what i decided to start with even though there's like so So much much prehistory you have to start somewhere continuing on (laughs) great britain is not a country it's a landmass the great comes to the fact that it's the largest island of the british isles the word britain comes from the roman word for that area Britannia, basically when Rome controls that area, they call it Britannia. Okay. The great could also mean that they just threw that in there to differentiate between its neighbor Brittany and France, or because King James I wanted to be the king of Great Britain, not just regular Britain, and to be like, I'm in charge of this now, and it's no longer Roman Britain. The British Isles are the group of islands in that area that make up Great Britain. It includes Ireland, the Isle of Man, the Isles of Sicily, Sicily, Scilly? Oh, I am so sorry. The Channel Islands and 6,000 other small islands. England is the largest geographically (laughs) and population-wise, and London is the capital of not only England, but the entire United Kingdom. Okay. Are we on board? I'm on board. <laughs> okay. I feel a little bad for our listeners right now because you're doing so much explaining with your hands. And it's mostly just waving. <laughs> yes, it is mostly just waving, but I feel like it's adding a lot. All right. Well, there's so much more. Okay. <laughs> so, thousands of years ago, in that landmass, pre-Celtic people known as beakers, named for their pottery and beaker shapes. Okay. They, they're the ones that, like, supposedly laid down Stonehenge. I think you find that those are aliens. No. <laughs> we talked about that a couple weeks ago. True. Over time, Celtic-speaking people began migrating that way, eventually forming the Gales in Ireland, the Picts in, like, the northern area, and the Britons in the southern area. And they were all, like, small tribes. They weren't really kingdoms or empires or anything like that Mm -hmm. but they all shared pretty much shared like a pagan religion okay yeah um eventually rome invaded 
to what is now England and Wales, but failed to get the Picts up north. Um, this becomes Britannia, and they brought their culture with like roads, tradesmen, cities, etc. Up until that point, it's all like very nomadic. Yeah. Like farming, eventually hunting, gathering okay. situation. I do have a question, and you can probably don't know the answer to be honest. Or, or it might come up later. When or what are the Saxons, and when do they come into play? They're coming. Okay. They're coming. Rome, Rome. was in charge for about six hundred years. Eventually, they leave. Oh, and in that time as well, they create the Hadrian Wall, which is pretty much a, like a, the Great Wall of China, but the Great Hadian Wall, and it separated what is now like England from Scotland, essentially. Okay. Like, what's Roman, what's not. Yeah. So, and and what year is this? I saw or different century. sources. I, I saw different things, which is why I didn't include a year, because... Okay. But one of the things was 120, year 120. Okay. So, long time ago. I, I feel so unqualified to, like, say any of these things. It's it's so confusing. Like, history is so interesting and so in-depth that it's hard to just, like, skim yeah. over it, you it, know? It's like access programs. I don't know if a lot of people use these or are aware of these, but in math, you, you'll get, like, an axis. You'll zoom in, and the squares will become a lot bigger. And then it'll like load for a second, and then all the squares will fill back in. And then you you zoom in again, and the squares will become bigger. And then they'll all fill in, and they'll be infinitely smaller, infinitely smaller, infinitely smaller. And it feels like that when in history, like this is a cool broad topic, I like it. And then you start to just read the very beginning of of something, and then that that has its whole history and all these branching things. And yeah, you can zoom in forever. Is my point. I was telling Sean, I watched a video about it, like a, it was like a quick, very simplified version, like a 20 minute version of yeah. the history. And about 14 minutes in, he was like talking about a certain war and he was like, this is a very like complicated issue and will probably be its own video. And I was like, every sentence you said before this, <laughs> I have felt that exact same thing. Yeah. So that must be an extremely complicated situation. <laughs> um, anyway. Rome leaves, and in about 410, Germanic people, known as the Jutes Angles and Saxons, came and brought their language of Old English with them. Cool. And settled. And that's um, why everyone says the German and English are so similar, because it's taken from the same base. Yeah, it's funny to be like, the Germanic people brought Old English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Um, but yeah. And then they push people in Britannia, or what was Britannia, into what is now Wales. And then that was divided into several different kingdoms. What is now Scotland was divided up into four countries. The Jutes disappear from history. No like a Roanoke situation? No one knows why. They just kind of like no longer exist. R.I.P. Yeah. And then the Saxons form seven kingdoms. Wessex, Sussex, Kent, Essex, East Anglia, Mercia, and then I feel like there's a war or something, and then Northumbria. It's called Northumbria in year 750. Oh. Like, it's called something else, and then it turns into Yeah, and Essex, Sussex, like, those yeah. are names we've heard. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know the monarchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
in the early 800s, Vikings from Scandinavia began invading and settling in the Scottish Isles. And they're the ones that actually founded Dublin, the capital of Ireland. Oh. And that is fun for me because, as an American, I'm a super mutt. <laughs> and I'm mostly Norwegian. But then I'm like 44% Norwegian and then like 20-something percent English. Yeah. I mean, who are you talking to? And then... Well, you don't if even you're know. A, if you're a mutt, like I'm, I'm just saying that this is like dirt. this is my history. Yeah. It's like, and then I think I'm Welsh and Irish. I mean, oh. everybody's everything. But I, everybody I think, is everything. I think Welsh is like pretty high up there. Okay. It's like my third or fourth. I won't talk about the Welsh, but I will be talking about some more Norwegians. Yes. I will. I I misspeak. Scandinavians. I was gonna say if you do the history of Norway. <laughs> no, 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 no. Be kind of <laughs> Scandinavians. I I. Misspoke. All right. Scandinavians are, are there. They're in the northern parts. There's more fighting. <laughs> in the early year of the thousands, like 200 years later, one year 1000, the country of Denmark fights and has a short-lived dynasty in like southern, the southern part. Henry II marries Eleanor of Aquitaine and establishes the Ang- Angevin, Angevin, Angevin Empire. Which starts the rivalry between France. That's a long rivalry. It is, yeah, to this day. King John. He's a bad ruler. All the little countries are separated. People revolt. In 1216, the Magna Carta is signed. But some of those territories, like, ignore ignore it. Like, they don't feel yeah. like they belong. A very important step towards democracy, the Magna Carta. Yeah. Then I have, there's more fighting. So much fighting. And I just want to say, like, I watch a map of, like, different colors of the territories as yeah. the years go on. And they are just popping all the time. <laughs> Changing, shifting. It, I don't, I mean, not to say that that history doesn't matter, but it just happens yeah. so quickly. That it's like that electronic game of Simon Says, where they all just light up in years. Yeah. So things are just constantly changing, shifting between everything. Um, after all this fighting, the Tudor period, this is what sound the Tudor period... And then the 1530s brings us to the infamous... King Henry? Mm-hmm. King Henry VIII. Yeah. He came up recently. What was that? Bowling. <laughs> He's the guy that hates or loves bowling and oh. outlawed it. Oh, yeah, because, like, the poor people were yeah. starting to play it. And he was like, no, no, no. This is my game. Yeah. <laughs> There's only room in this country for one bowler. How could you not remember my bowling facts? Broke. I barely remember. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's infamous for many reasons, but the reason I bring him up is because he gives Wales representation in Parliament. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. And he creates Ireland, kind of. So there's like some more shifting and more recognition, I guess, of like okay. the separate areas. So I understand now why Scotland is so against being part of Great Britain. Where is Ireland in all of this? Like, have they always been a part of Britannia, or were they also separate? I mean, it just depends. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I would say Scotland and Ireland, from what I understand, are in the same boat. Okay. Fast forward a little bit. We have Elizabeth I, who kills Mary, Queen of Scots. So, Elizabeth I over England. Yeah. Mary Queen of Scots over Scotland. Good job. Scotsland. She 
kills her because she's afraid that she'll turn everybody Catholic. And she doesn't want that. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. At that time, Spain is like the ruling empire. They yeah. try to take over the land. They lose. The virgin queen, as she is referred to, dies with no heir. Oh. <laughs> her murdered cousin's son, so her nephew, yeah. is the rightful heir of her throne. So he takes over the English throne, but he's Scottish. Yeah. So he brings those so, two together. So this is Mary, Queen of Scots' son? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So dramatic. Or like grandson. I mean, like, okay. it's, Relative. it's her yeah. relative. Yeah. I'm, I believe it is her son, though. Again, all, geography, not yeah. history. <laughs> all royal families at some point become so interlocked and so interbred. And yeah. Yeah. It's, again, watching, like, this person marries this person and this becomes this and yeah. that becomes that. It is, I mean, I'll yeah. say it a million times, so complicated. I mean, yeah. And you might get to it later, but, like, World War One, all of those ruling families being cousins of one another is just... It's a lot. It, yeah, it is a lot. James, King James of Scotland... Becomes king and unites all of them, but they're still separate political entities. Mm-hmm. They're all like under him. Yeah. In the 1600s, colonization starts happening, colonizing. Thumbs down as a concept. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and actually, part of that is Irish land England lays claim to for like farming and stuff like that. Okay, and that's. Maybe not the beginning, but maybe the modern-day beginning of this? I, w- I would think so, yeah. Well, I, I have no idea, but okay. I'm sure they didn't <laughs> like it. Um, in, Let's just say, yeah. Yeah. In 1642, an English civil war starts because King Charles I and Parliament fought. The Parliament supporters are roundheads, and Royalist supporters are cavaliers. Parliament won, and Charles I was executed. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Scotland was also trying to colonize, but they fail, and there's also an economic crisis in the 1960s, or sorry, the 1690s, Yeah. (laughs) and Scotland and England form a union, and that makes the United Kingdom of Great Britain. Okay. In the 1760s, you have the American Revolution and the East Indian Trading Co. So they're really starting to, like, spread their little wings. Their little fingers. Yeah. Putting in everyone's pie. In the 1770s, they lay claim to parts of Australia. In 1845, there's the Irish potato famine, and England made them... Oh, we talked about this in our first episode. Technically our second. Okay, well... <laughs> yeah. We, you know, we're Great food to. extinction, yes. Yeah. The little food they could produce, they were forced to export to England. Oh, so that really hurt them. Mm-hmm. And then the Irish population was cut in half between death and immigration. Wow. Yeah. That is I mean, you don't have food. Yeah. And the food you do have, you have to give to someone else. Like, yeah, I mean, I would move. Why would you stay? <laughs> the Industrial Revolution means that every little part of Great Britain or the United Kingdom of Great Britain yes. has their own little thing. So, like, Scotland was into linens, um, wells that did coal, and then different parts of England did... Different things. Yeah. yeah. They were so, the leaders of the Industrial Revolution. Um, but there you kind of start to see more of a division. Yeah. As far as, like, economy, I guess. Also around that time, they start invading Africa. Well, 
I mean, it is invading, but colonizing Africa. Yes. <laughs> um, and then in 1922, that's when they're at, the lar- at their largest. They rule 400 million people and lay claim to a fourth of the world's landmass. Wow. And do you have the numbers on what the world population was there? Just under 2 billion. Okay, so a lot. Yeah. What, what was that? A quarter? You said 500,000? 500 million or whatever? I don't know. Point is... A quarter of 2 billion. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's a lot of people. There's no way they can defend that? Yeah, yeah. So... It's the Roman thing where they got too big... How do you rule the world? Yeah, you can't. You, you can't sustain that. Things start breaking away. That is also the same year that Ireland breaks away. Southern Ireland. Or I guess just Ireland. I think it's the Republic of Ireland. Okay. Yeah, so Northern Ireland... I can't say that. Northern Ireland is still part of it, but... The Republic of Ireland. Is separate. Gotcha. And it's a pretty dramatic thing. It's a big deal. I think to this day, like, there's still... Yeah, there's still a lot of animosity. And resentment, yeah. Mm -hmm. Scary stuff. Yep. When all this is happening, they create the Commonwealth to try and unite all of their... Yes. (laughs) I first heard of the Commonwealth because of the Commonwealth Games, where all of, like, the people... Basically, with the Union Jack and their flag, go play soccer. Yeah. Or football. Yeah, so it's just, that, it's yeah. just supposed to help keep everybody happy and on the same page, which... I mean, sports has a really good way of doing it. I mean, it wasn't really created for sports. It no. was created for... It was not, yeah. So just a real quick recap. That That's kind of it. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's kind of modern day at this point. Yeah. Everything else is just kind of a history thing. Yeah. So... In around the year 925, the Kingdom of England is established by the unification of Anglo-Saxon tribes. In 1536, big jump, King Henry VIII enacted a bill that made England and uh, Wales the same country, governed by the same laws. This is known as the Kingdom of England and Wales. Very creative. Very creative. In 1707, they join with the Kingdom of Scotland to create the Kingdom of Great Britain. In 1801, Ireland joins the Union, and it becomes the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. In 1922, the Republic of Ireland, Air, Eire, E-I-R-E, mm-hmm. or Southern Ireland, withdraws from the Union, just leaving the northern counties of Ireland, and this is the current state today. Very so that, cool. that's kind of like the, the big... The landmass. M- movements. Yeah. Geographical history of... The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. <laughs> Very good. Snaps all around. Oof. Thanks. Okay. That was a lot. Yeah. That was very well done, though. It was right, not, so. but here we are. <laughs> okay. I'm excited for your topic. I'm very, I'm very excited. I will start with which Eastern European country is believed to be the first place that men domesticated the horse? No, <laughs> I wouldn't take Norway from you. Sweden. Ukraine. So, with the war currently raging on in this country, I realized I really didn't know why Russia claimed it as their right to invade or to uh, annex it. Mm-hmm. I knew they were a big part of the Soviet Union, but beyond that, I wondered what their actual history was, going further beyond that. So, let's give Ukraine some geographical context. Modern-day Ukraine, the capital is Kiev. The official language is Ukrainian, though most of the population also speaks Russian. The religious makeup is 87% Christian 
in the present in 2022 is Volodymyr Zelensky. And I will say, just like Brooke, there's a lot of things that I probably will mispronounce, but I will try my best. Ukraine translates into borderlands. Oh. And you can definitely see why. It borders Belarus, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, Moldova, and Russia. It also has the Sea of Azov and the Black Sea to the south. Ukraine is surrounded by mountains, but is mostly grassy steppe lands. Uh, the big Eastern European rivers of the Dnieper, Dniester, and the Danube run through it. Uh, and again, like I said earlier, where do you begin? Where do you start? So not to skip ahead of all of their prehistory in air quotes, but here's a list of people or cultures that either had settlements, colonies, or otherwise occupied Ukraine. The Kukutini Tripilia culture around the end of the Neolithic era, meaning the end of the Stone Age, followed by the Yamaya hunter-gatherers from Siberia, Sumerians, Scythians, Sarmatians or Sarmatians, the Greek, the Romans, the Byzantines, Goths, Huns, Khazars, and the early Eastern Slavic people. Welcome to the 9th century. In stark contrast to the entire rest of Europe, the Eastern Slavic people apparently had a great relationship with the Vikings, going so far as inviting them to stay and rule over them. We'd like you. You can be in charge. Yeah, personally, I'm not sure if I buy that it was this nice invitation, seeing as how this part of the story was chronicled 300 years after it happened. Either way, these Vikings... By the Vikings? Yes. <laughs> in a way, these Vikings, the Varangian or the Rus, begin to rule, beginning with Rurik, in 862. Say hello to the Kievan Rus, a mix of the Scandinavian Rus and the local Slavs. Rus is simply this group of people's names. Like how some Scandinavians are Swedes or Normans, these are the Rus. Therefore, Kievan Rus means the Rus people of Kiev. Very fun, yeah. Kiev being the very same, that is the modern day capital. Nice. Already a somewhat large city for the time, Oleg, Rurik's son, expanded his father's dynasty to the Black Sea, taking Kiev as his capital. From institutegreatereurope.com, this process of cultural integration culminated in Vladimir the Great's baptism, which made him a member of Byzantine Christianity, and the whole Kievan Rus followed after it, adopted Byzantine Christianity as its state religion in 988. This is the beginning of the civilization that is present in modern-day Belarus, Ukraine, and Russia. East Slavic, Byzantine Orthodox Christianity, and Scandinavian. So that kind of trio, all rolled into one, is the, the base of Ukraine, Belarus, and Western Russia. <laughs> Belarus and Russia both derive their name from these Scandinavian people. Rus. The Kievan Rus in their golden age were the biggest and most powerful state in the entirety of Europe. So you could definitely say things were going well. That is until the Mongols tried their hand at empire making and proved to be pretty good at it. Once Kiev fell in 1240, the empire collapsed, resulting in a three-way split. Whoa. Yeah, Russia was separated from the rest of Europe during this time, while Ukraine and Belarus were brought under the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth for their fertile farmland. Nice. So as you can see, a lot of being pulled back and forth from all these different directions, as their history. European history, especially Eastern European history, is 
it's like that everywhere you go. It, it's yeah. all of these different powers coming in all the time. I just think that's history. It is just <laughs> history, yeah. If you have people writing down enough stuff, which Europe did, mm-hmm. that's what you'll get. Yeah. So this is really where you, the Ukrainian identity branches from the other two. Again, from institutegreaterurope.com, Ukrainian national ideologies stress the fact that the majority of the Ukrainian lands only belonged to the Russian Empire and the Soviet Union for two centuries, while it was part of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth for more than four centuries. In that period, between the 14th and 18th century, Ukraine was influenced by ideas that blew over from the West, i.e. the Renaissance, Humanism, Reformation, and Jesuit schools. More importantly, in 1632, the first institution of higher learning in the East Slavic world was founded in Kiev, the Kiev Academy. According to the Ukrainian national narrative, Ukraine became part of the Central European space during those times. During this time, while they were under the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, these Ukrainians called themselves the Cossacks. After fighting off the Ottoman Empire with Poland, they asked for autonomy. When denied, they instead took back their own land, forming the Cossack Hetmanat, or Hetmanat, the first time the locals ruled themselves in over 300 years. This Hetmanat was sandwiched pretty tightly against the Ottomans, the Polish, and the recently, again relevant, Russia. Poland and Russia fought over the land back and forth, until in 1793, Russia took it all over in the partition of Poland. Funnily enough, at this time, Ukraine influenced Russia with its Western ideas. One could say that the Ukrainization of Russia took place in this period. (laughs) Good for them. Yeah. (laughs) Brooke, could you think of any event that could seriously affect so many large and powerful countries at once, giving Ukraine some breathing room to rule themselves? I don't know, maybe like a world war or something? Yeah, yeah. The first one. Oh, interesting. So with the civil war in Russia, the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, and the weakening of Austria-Hungary and surrounding countries, Ukraine founded, or I guess the people of Ukraine, founded the Ukrainian People's Republic in 1917. They did it. Yeah. It lasted until 1920, (laughs) when Ukraine was again incorporated into the Russian-led USSR. At first... With a bunch of other things. With so many other things. Belarus as well, and, and a lot of the countries with the suffix Stan in Asia. But honestly, at first, this was pretty good, actually. They founded an Orthodox church and were able to celebrate their own distinct culture, as they had ruled over themselves as a Soviet Socialist Republic of Ukraine. So they were part of this whole Socialist Republic, but they could elect their own leaders in a way and had a a little bit of autonomy. Uh, That was before Stalin. So Joseph Stalin was horrible. Really? Especially to the Ukraines. The Holodomor, or Great Famine, was brought upon Ukraine as part of the collectivized agriculture system forced upon them. Do you remember this from high school? No. So Stalin had all of these like five-year plans, ten-year plans, and how he's going to drag the USSR kicking and screaming into the Industrial Revolution at breakneck speed. And one of those things was this collectivized agriculture system. Basically, you grow food and you have to grow a certain quota, and you send it off to Russia, I should say Soviet hub, which then gets distributed back equally to the entire USSR. So you, How, how'd that work out? Yeah, uh, not well. You were required to produce X amount of food, where X was an impossibly high quota. So with all of their food, very similar to Ireland, being exported 
they were subjected to an artificial famine that killed about 4 million Ukrainians. Many recognize it as an act of genocide perpetrated by Stalin. This was the point, to make them poor, take their food, break their spirit, and hope they forget who they are. And just when it couldn't get worse, World War II. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ukraine initially saw the Nazi party as liberators. I mean, anybody at that point probably looked like a liberator. But when their rule proved to somehow be even worse, they changed their minds. The USSR had the most casualties in the war. 40 to 44% of their losses were Ukrainian. Again, after they had already lost so many to an inflicted famine. But the Ukrainians are strong people. And I think they have proved that time and time again. With the exception of the 1986 Chernobyl incident, which warrants its own report, post-war Ukraine, thankfully, steadily climbed upwards. Slowly, but steadily. Culminating with the fall of the USSR in 1991. And the overwhelming vote for their independence. After looking through a millennia of their history, that should come as no surprise. Finally, in 2014, Russia over-exaggerated an an insurgent in Ukraine and annexed the Crimean Peninsula. And in February 22, 2022, Russian forces invaded Ukraine. Two months have gone by since then, and the amazing fortitude the Ukrainians have displayed in defense of their liberty is inspiring and our heart goes out to them. So I would like to end with a quote from Overly Sarcastic Productions, a great YouTube channel that maybe even more succinctly goes over this history and has fun little pictures and maps. So I quote, As we have clearly seen, Ukrainian history isn't just a backstory to a modern conflict. It's a tale of civilization crafting an identity from the confluence of multiple different cultures, then defending that identity against invasive forces in a part of Europe otherwise known for giant empires. That's something. Something very much worth fighting for. So it got a little heavy at the end. And it's a little heavy now. We absolutely stand with Ukraine. Yeah, we're with you. We don't like bullies and, you know, Russia's just a bully. I mean, there are a lot of things, but yeah. bully is one of them. Currently. And again, the government, not the people. Yeah, we say Russia, we say Ukraine. And of course, we don't mean every single specific person that identifies themselves as either one. Mm-hmm. Just the body of, yeah, the government. Yeah, the- you know what we mean. I was a little bit hoping we would do the same topic because I think that'd be super funny. Yeah, so we didn't. We went the opposite, opposite ends, ends of Europe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and technically, the UK is no not part of Europe. What? Brexit. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean what are they? I mean, technically. Yeah, they're not part of the European Union. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. But they're still part of the continent, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're definitely part of the continent. Do you remember that question that said, which is, which is the farthest west point of Europe? And you're like Iceland, mm-hmm. and it happened to be Portugal, mm-hmm. even though it's not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wonder why. I don't know. It must have been continental Europe. Yeah, must have been. Yeah. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening. To wrap up the episode, we will... Not roll a die. No. Yeah, we know where we're going to We only have one left. Art and literature. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. We're doing a report on Georgia O'Keeffe. Yes. Just kidding. It would be super awesome if you subscribed and even told a friend if you wanted. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way to grow our little budding channel is you saying, 
hey, this is a really good podcast. Um, you can also leave a five-star review. And but only five stars. If you're going to leave a four-star... Or just add another star. Close your phone. That's true. If you'd like to suggest our next topic or just have a question, please email us at trivialconpod, C-O-N-P-O-D, at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening. Yeah. Bye.